listening to a life-changing podcast that does a deep dive into what's behind the silence, the truth no one wants to talk about, featuring two thought-provoking professional coaches who specialize in linguistic patterns of thought, feelings, and behavior. As NLP practitioners certified in life-changing, the dynamic duel, Stacey Cutright and Stephanie Demmel. How's it going, Stacey? It is going good. You know, with this time change, you know, in Michigan, um, you know, I found myself over the last couple of weeks a little bit more tired than, than what I typically am. And so to be honest, it's been kind of frustrating to me, you know, as someone that has battled with, um, you know, depression and anxiety and, and such, you know, it, it offers a little bit of uh, fear, if you will, of, oh gosh, you know, the lower energy is, they're coming a dip, you know, um, and so I've just been trying to be mindful of that and saying to myself, you know, I am a pretty busy gal and, you know, maybe my body's just saying, you know, rest and relax. So I've been giving myself some permission for downtime. And, uh, you know, without judgment or criticism, without saying that lazy word that, yes. you know, I used to use. Um, and so, yeah, so I've been a little bit tired. So if I sound like I don't have quite the pep in my step, um, you know, maybe if I was a coffee drinker, <laughs> that might help. But uh, uh, I'm not one that puts caffeine in my body anymore because it what I noticed is that that's my anxiety. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, my energy has been a little low, but I, you know, I think, you know, I was sick last week on and off and I was so tired and I just couldn't get the old pep in my step that I usually get. And, uh, I slept, you know, we drove out to Colorado cause Krista lost her, her dad. And I, slept somebody asked how'd the trip go I go wow it was super fast and she says so says the person who slept eight of the 12 hours <laughs> so <laughs> so but I feel great today but I get it you know Chris and I talk about that all the time about how winter seems to just suck the energy from us and I know it's because we're not out in the sunshine and you know that's where we spend all of our time in the spring fall and summer and so you imagine, you know, you're, you're from Texas. Yeah. Okay. You imagine yeah. being in, in Michigan. No, you, <laughs> you talk about winners. You talk about dreariness. You talk about darkness. You talk about cold, you know, when the sun's out, you know, I always get a car, um, with, with a sunroof and it's not for me. It's because, you know, I, I'm in the car a lot and, for, for me, it offers that additional light, mm-hmm. you know, and in my office, I also have a light box that, um, you know, was recommended by one of my healthcare professionals and, you know, for a long time and I'm like, oh yeah, right. But it does, you know, when, when we live in, in climates that, you know, in the winter, there's a lot of darkness and dreariness for myself or people that have a seasonal affective uh component 
it really makes a difference. It does. I've heard such wonderful things about those. those you know, and you can get them on Amazon very cheap, um, you know, around $30, you know, and you just got to make sure that you have the enough luxes. It's called LUX. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I highly recommend that, friends. Yeah, I do too. I've heard wonderful things about them. And, you know, sunshine is so important to your mental health. Yeah, I, I just put it on my desk and as I'm working and stuff, you know, you don't have to look into it. You know, um, I just find, hey, if I'm sitting here anyway, you know, why not? And uh, so, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, my computer, I put it on um, silent mode and for some reason it's still dinging. So I, it's just about, being desky. Yeah, I, I'm having computer issues today. So, you know, I, I apologize if there's... You know, if that, anybody's out there, maybe they know how to turn off that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I do have, uh, uh, we do have a listener question. Awesome. If we can lead with that because it, it is on last, one of last week's topic or, you know, topics. And um, the question was is in in the fair fighting and you know they were having the difficulties the question was how do I de-escalate myself so I can engage in fair fighting and you know I for myself um what I, what I needed to implement into my daily life was upping my distress tolerance skills, um, that helped me instead of emotionally reacting quickly, you know, being able to sit still and comfortable with myself before I, I could engage. And so you know, um, you can reach out to, you know, a coach, a therapist, you know, look into uh, delectable behavioral um, methods or cognitive behavioral methods. Um, but, you know, learning some good coping skills, I think will serve you very well. And so um, that came from Marsha and Marsha's from Michigan. And so thanks for Marsha for you know, writing in. And as always, if you have a topic that you would like us to talk about, you know, that you want light shed to, or if you have any questions, um, you know, please, please reach out. You know, this is, we want to do this, you know, for you um, and to bring value and light to others. Do you have anything to add? Steph? Yeah, I would just tell Marcia, you know, one of the hardest things for me when I used to engage in toxic behavior um, in relationships was, um, I always wanted to get the last word or I don't know, just engage, 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 or whether I was trying to fix it or whatever the case, I just couldn't stop engaging. And when the levels of, I guess, emotion are high, it doesn't do anybody any good. So one of the things that I've learned to do is when I know that the emotions are high, I really just try to not engage. And I don't do it to ignore what's going on, but I have to walk away now to gather my thoughts in order so I don't say something disrespectful or 
just shout out in anger or whatever the case may be. So, you know, really trying to find that um, strength to, you know, just step back, you know, like you said, be still, just step back, collect yourself, really kind of put things in perspective, what you're going to say, because it's when our emotions are high that we can say things that'll cut people and cutting people, you know, leave scars. And we don't want to leave scars because those scars then just pile on to what, um, you know, whatever scars you already created in that relationship. So I think it's just best to be still, as you said. Be still and know. That's one of my favorite sayings. Be still and know. Like that. And today we're going to talk about identifying um, toxic relationships. And, um, you know, a lot of times people, they get an intuition that something's just off or something doesn't feel right. However, we have a, um, from, you know, my experience, sometimes we have that feeling of staying in these relationships um, longer than maybe what we should, or not seeking out the help that will um, move us through toxicity and into healthy relationship with that individual. Mm-hmm. And whether it's, you know, with our partners, whether it's with friends, whether it's with family, you know, our children, um, you know, I think that we owe it to ourselves and our relationships to, to, you know, try and, um, you know, work together because what I always say is those that get healthy together will stay together. Absolutely. And those that, you know, won't, don't. And uh, so that that's something, in, you know, that I've kind of, you know, stuck that in my in my hat of, you know, reminding myself, you know, if I met with somebody with with resistance and they're like, no, I, I don't want to grow, you know, I'm not I don't want to put in the work Then I know that, you know, maybe that's a relationship that I don't want to put the energy into. What's your thoughts? I think it's a slippery slope because, you know, as humans, you know, we want to belong, you know, we want to be a part of something and we want to be loved and we want, you know, people to, to want to be with us. And so I think we get confused. Um, I think many of us get confused when we get into a relationship and here we want to be loved. We want to belong. We want to have that feeling that somebody's in our corner yet are they really in our corner when all that toxic behavior starts happening? And sometimes we try to make it work when, you know, we're doing all the work One, it's a one-sided work, right? So, you know, one person is trying to do all the work for for everyone in order to make that relationship work. And so today, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, what is a toxic relationship? What's it look like? And, you know, what to look for and maybe what to do about it. Because I think, we do get confused between wanting to be loved, <clears throat> excuse me, wanting to be loved versus wanting to be loved and accept, um, I guess, tolerating that toxic behavior. I think that's um, definitely two different things on the spectrum that we need to be aware of in order to have a healthy relationship. Can I start out with, you know, I, I you know, looked up the definition of what is considered a toxic relationship. Sure. And so I just wanted to share this. It says a toxic relationship is one that makes you feel unsupported, 
misunderstood, dismissed, demeaned, or attacked. On a basic level, any relationship that makes you feel worse rather than better can be toxic over time. And when I, when I, you know, that was a big aha to me because how many times do we feel unsupported or feel misunderstood or feel, you know, dismissed on our, our thoughts or someone being attacking? And, but we don't look at that as being unhealthy. You know, it's just kind of, oh, well, that's just how it is with that person. You know, that's just how that person is. Uh huh. And, you know, so I, I like looking up like different definitions to see, okay, in my mind, am I understanding what this, you know, what toxic behavior truly is and identifying? So I, I just wanted to share with that. So, you know, we kind of had a, uh, uh, understanding, mutual understanding of kind of what leads us into today's, you know, what's behind um, what we're going to talk about. Yeah. And I think that's great, Stacy, because, you know, sometimes again, we get in these relationships and we are, you know, just with what's being said, it, it can make you feel like you're the problem in that relationship. Whereas you know, you're probably not, especially if the, the behavior is toxic. So um, I think this discussion is extremely important because I, I just feel like there's so many toxic relationships running around out there and people just don't even know that it's toxic because we condition ourselves to believe that, oh, it must be me. My behaviors are causing this person to act this way towards me, which is not necessarily true. So I love this top this topic, and you know I've been in toxic relationships, and there's so much to it. One, it's you know how it diminishes you as a human, but also what it drives you to think and believe, and then you know how it makes you feel about yourself. You know, I think one one of the things that to, to identify is you know are we are in our relationships are we in the other the other person's head and you know are we trying to analyze their behavior to try to understand you know like hmm were they were they trying to hurt you know what was their motive behind it mm -hmm. and oftentimes we're we're afraid to really go in with curiosity and looking for understanding because sometimes we project what our own inadequacies are onto somebody else and misunderstand somebody's intention. So not all, not always, you know, do we feel misunderstood or or those type of things. Sometimes those are a us problem, not a you problem on the other person. And you know, so I, I like the thought of you know how often are we analyzing or thinking about somebody else's behavior, and how much time are we really spending? in our own heads and thinking about our own thoughts and our own actions mm -hmm. um, is I think a really good start. I agree. And also I wanna, you know, just clarify, you know, just because you're in a toxic relationship doesn't necessarily mean it's abusive. 
However, you know, you need to determine, you know, if it's, is the person trying to control you? Are they trying to intentionally put you down? That's abusive. Toxic, you know, the intentional, it might not be intentional. It just might mean that you're engaging in behaviors that are toxic and you don't know how to control or curb them. Absolutely. You know, one thing that I, you know, I feel that we need to recognize is that behavior, someone's behavior is truly a language. Yes, it is. And and identifying that, you know, our, you know, being able to, to look at is the behavior that they have, is that repeated? You know, is it diminishing toward, towards us? Is it hurtful? Mm-hmm. You know, are they telling us what we should do all the time or what we're not doing right? Um, you know, putting it, uh, you know, that we have some inadequacies all the time. And, you know, I really, it, it like the hair stands up on the back of my neck when I hear you should. Because that takes away somebody's right to make a choice and their own decision of what they feel is going to be helpful to them. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage us to use a kind way is, you know what you could do? You, you know, Chris, you know, or, you know, whoever, you know, Stephanie, Stacy, you know, you could go out and weed the garden. You know, if, if, if my garden is a mess, you know, and I'm complaining about it, well, you could go out there and do that. You know, what are the actions that you think you could do? Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, I, I'm trying to get my one son to, um, you know, he's only 22 to understand how judgmental and critical the should word is and limiting. It's a very limiting belief. And, uh, and it's not helpful in our relationships. So do you, do you have an issue with, with shoulds? Well, I think should is kind of like a speculation word, right? Yeah. You should. And doesn't mean you, that it's, you know, correct for you because if somebody says you should, well, maybe that is according to them. Maybe that's beneficial to them. And I think being in a relationship, you know, accepting responsibility for yourself means that you look at your own behavior. That's, you know, that's going to be helpful for you in that relationship, not with the other person, because you're two different people. So, yeah, no, I don't like that word a whole lot. No, I always say, please don't shut on me. You know, instead <laughs> of the S-H-I-T word, you know, don't shut on me. And, uh, you know, the, the next thing I kind of want to touch on is, um, you know, identifying, is this just a toxic season that yeah. we may be in? You know, because I will tell you, you know, I've been with my husband for, um, you know, nearly 25 years. And our relationship has been toxic many times throughout. We've had many seasons. And, you know, with um, my husband being in recovery for alcoholism, you know, and also my own issues with with trauma and, um, you know, 
feeling abandonment issues that I would project onto him that weren't, weren't his, they were mine, they were me a problem. And so, you know, I, I encourage you to look at instead of throwing in towels with relationships and saying, oh my gosh, what, what they say said, I feel with this relationship, so I must get out. That's not what I'm saying, folks. You know, friends, what I'm saying is identifying, you know, is this a season and are we going to extend some extra grace with others? You know, identifying, you know, has there been a big transition? You know, maybe you guys just had kids and you're trying to learn to, to manage a new, a new relationship. Okay. Or maybe in a friendship or even your own personal relationship, maybe someone experienced a loss or is going through an illness. You know, I know with my husband with cancer recently, you know, I know that he's depressed. I know that, um, you know, some of his shortness or um, quietness towards me is not me. It's him trying to process. And my husband's more of an internal person where I'm more of a vocal, you know, I want to get my feelings out. I want to be heard. And he wants to process only himself. You know, he, he has a very hard time being vulnerable. And so, you know, to, to be really, you know, understanding that there are circumstances that can bring out the feelings or having us react in toxic, you know, behaviors, but it doesn't mean that they're always going to be there. So being able to identify, is this just a season or is this what our relationship is built on? And does the person have the willingness to work together to heal those, those, those kind, you know, the start of some wounds before they get too deep and leave big scars? Yeah. And, you know, I, I find, you know, I always say, you know, early on in a relationship, you'll, you'll tend to have a lot more problems because you're trying to learn each other. And yeah. you know, it's kind of like if we came with a manual, you know, if you, if you buy um, something that you have to put together, there's going to be a manual so you can get to know um, whatever you're trying to put together so that you can put it together the right way. Well, in a relationship, we don't come with manuals. And, you know, if we had a manual, it, we might be able to understand why the behavior is happening. I would say, you know, if, if there's something going on and somebody is responding to you in a negative way, instead of trying to engage back in order to dialogue the conversation, try to figure out what's causing that reaction or that behavior in the first place. Because if you really try to focus on, you know, what's really causing that behavior, maybe you'll be able to get an understanding of why it's occurring in the first place. And I think it's really important that we learn each other and we got to have that grace with each other, right? We can't just expect each other to be, you know, perfect. perfect. Yeah. Perfect in every situation. However, it's how you engage that creates that toxic relationship and the engaging piece is so important, you know, and, you know, how do you identify, like, what are those signs of toxicity in, in a relationship, you know? You know, can, oh, go ahead. can I get into something before we start identifying? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing that, that for myself, and I know many others, 
Sometimes when we're raised in dysfunctional dynamics in family systems and have toxic relationships all around us, we don't even recognize what is toxic. And, you know, one thing that, that I took some time to do is to journal, you know, like if I could choose, you know, whatever type of relationship that would make me feel, you know, fulfilled and, and happy and um, that would add benefit to my life and not just with others, folks, we have toxic behaviors with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes we are our own uh, biggest abusers. And so, you know, just being able to, to identify because, you know, to be honest, you know, it's not a 50, 50, it, it's not effort in relationships. It's a hundred, hundred. You know, if you want to have a healthy relationship, we must give a hundred percent into it because we're going to get out what we put in. And so if we're only putting in 50%, those odds aren't very good. You know, why do they think, you know, look at marriages, look at what the divorce rate is. Okay. I'm going to tell you, if you showed up on, on a football field and we're only playing half what your capability is, how often do you think that team would win? You know, not very often. And so, you know, looking at at things of, you know, like, am I putting in what I'm looking to get out? And also, what do, what do I deserve? You know, it, it, you know, giving yourself permission that, you know, I deserve to have loving, unconditionally loving, supportive, um, you know, encouraging relationships. Um, and I, you know, you deserve it. Well, so, I think it goes back to, you know, if you're engaging in, you know, if, if they're having some type of issue in a relationship, are you trying to solve it or are you trying to be right? Absolutely. And I think um, it just a natural reaction when we get in the heat of the moment, we want to have the last word and we want to we want to be right we want to um push the agenda to you know that it's i i'm not going to come out on the bottom end of this and you know again it goes back to really i think you know what what caused the behavior in the first place and if you're if you're curious and you're curious about really trying to solve what's going on, you're going to start looking at that behavior and say, hey, what, what, what happened? You know, well, how did we get to this point? And what, what's causing all this negative behavior between us? How can we um, look at this a little bit differently and really try to resolve what's, what's causing that tension in the first place? So. Absolutely. You know, I, I, you know me, I love the curiosity word and, you know, I just have one thing to add to that. You know, are we entering into our communications with others with the curiosity of understanding Mm -hmm. versus going in with the intent of responding? And because when we are going within with our own intentions of just responding, 
a lot of times, one, we misunderstand where someone else is coming from. And second, we're not fully listening to what the other person is engaging and telling us. Yeah. And, you know, which I, I think is very important. So I, I'm glad that you brought, you know, brought that up. Um, I think another thing is also not trying to personalize so much when you enter into a conversation with somebody. You know, a lot of times we are responding because of what's in our head, what what our thoughts are, what our feelings are. And, you know, sometimes when we're listening, we start to personalize or we feel that we're being attacked. And I think when you're entering into discussions where there is some emotion, really trying not to personalize too much so you can actually hear the message and not get intermixed into the feelings of it. Absolutely. You know, if, if I may, I want to just identify, you know, several uh, signs of, of toxic relationships that, that yeah. I see. And then, you know, if you, if you will, you know, add any that, that you can think sure, of, sure. Yeah. you know, but I think uh, a big one to, to identify is, you know what, are we feeling physically or emotionally unsafe with someone? That's a big one. Uh, you know, I think that's a, num a number one to, to look at, you know, um, is there always, you know, I don't, I hate using the word always, is there most often um, negative or non-existent communication? You know, do we feel neglected? Do we feel abandoned? You know, do um, you know, we, we feel like the, not important in somebody's life. Um, you know, is there a sense of losing ourselves? Um, you know, are we ignoring our needs? Is there, you know, alienation that, or, you know, loss that we have in other relationships because that person only wants them to, to themselves, wants you to themselves. You know, um, the, the other thing is, is, is there, you know, jealousy? Is there resentment? Is there disrespect? Um, you know, are you constantly thinking, God, I hope things change. I hope things change. Because if we don't take action, folks, a hope is just a dream. You know, it, it, that's the, you know, the reality. You know, are we, are we walking on eggshells? You know, do... Do we think, oh my God, I don't even want to come home. You know, I, I have a very close friend that, you know, is like, I love being at your house. You know, gosh, it, it's so peaceful. And, you know, to think, oh my gosh, to have that, I don't, that, that feeling, oh, that one must be really hard. And, you know, is there manipulation? You know, is there rage you know are you engaging you know with somebody that is often coming off attacking or or rage do you not receive any empathy from or understanding about your feelings you know are you belittled you know do does somebody dismiss your feelings do you feel ashamed after talking to them or even the big one of being gaslit you know ga being gaslit guys that's abuse that's emotional abuse. Yeah. And so, you know, those are just some things that I have, um, you know, thought about and, you know, in different relationships and, 
And in different ones that I've had, um, I've experienced all of these. Not have you experienced or do you have any other thoughts? Of- oh my gosh, I've been in so many toxic relationships. It's like, <laughs> I, I didn't even know what it was back then, you know? But I, I think you're spot on on all these. And I, I'll just add, you know, a, a lot of times when we get into a toxic relationship, we spend so much energy trying to smooth things out for the other person, like one person might, right? Not both people, because if both people are trying to smooth it out, then you want to have all that toxicity. But when one person is really toxic and the other one's the recipient of most of that toxic um, behavior, uh, you find yourself constantly worrying what's wrong with the other person. You're constantly worrying about your own actions and if you're going to trigger them and upset them more and you you find yourself like just constant stress constantly stressed out about um really trying to navigate um that toxicity out of the relationship and you're tiptoeing around and you're very careful with what you say you you're very hesitant to say things and you shy away from really speaking your mind and so being in that being that person that that's me you know i just described how i used to be in in a toxic relationship i would i would just be so worried about triggering that person again but what i have to say is that you if you spend, if you find yourself spending all your time worrying about that other person, you know, that, that's a, that's a sign that uh, there might be something wrong. You shouldn't have to worry constantly about whether you're going to upset somebody. That's not a healthy relationship and you need to have time for self-care and you, you know, there's gotta be support in the relationship. It can't be one-sided and, you know, if they've got negative, what if they've got negative behaviors, whether they're social behaviors or financial behaviors or emotional behaviors, uh, whatever it is, you know, these are all signs, you know, what Stacy said, all these, she listed all these signs, you know, these are signs to do a self-check, you know, how am I engaging this relationship? Am I finding myself constantly focused on that person and trying not to upset them like that's not healthy you shouldn't be having to constantly worry about your whether you're going to upset someone with just one word or just even walking into the room you know you shouldn't have to worry about that because that's toxic Um, relationship shouldn't be like that you should have that mutual respect you should have that mutual support you should have that ability to be able to express yourself without upsetting somebody else because that's relationships when you can't communicate you're just stockpiling you're stockpiling more emotions that are just going to fuel the the next argument or the next miscommunication absolutely you know i i you know some of the behaviors or or um that you had talked about like walking on the eggshells or you know not addressing or just wanting them to be happy or you know not not really sharing the, your authentic self you know can lead to as people pleasing and so you can carry that on to other relationships and you know because you get stuck in that um routine 
And that just be, starts coming to part of yourself where you lose yourself in making others feel happy. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that we, we touched on this, you know, it, it made me reflect a lot on, you know, different relationships that, you know, I've been in a season for the last two years, you know, redefining my tribe, redefining many relationships. And unfortunately, you know, there are some relationships that I've had, a, you know, I've had a part, part ways and, you know, it was painful. It was hard. It's not that I don't love those individuals. However, I was able to look at, okay, do I love myself enough to love something else or somebody else along that isn't willing to match and be where, where I need to go? And that's growth. Because not everybody is, is willing to grow. Because it takes identifying our own behaviors, looking internally. And let me tell you, a lot of people want to point the finger out. It's harder to point it in. And it's painful sometimes. And it's very humbling sometimes. Mm -hmm. And um, to, to have to get real and look at yourself that, you know, what? sometimes we put ourselves on a pedestal. Like, you know, we actually are behaving better than what we really are. And that's not always true. And, you know, the one thing that, you know, we've talked about, um, you know, identifying what, what toxicity is in, in unhealthiness in relationships, but I think it's important for us before we leave um, our friends is to talk about, you know, what can we do? And, you know, I want to encourage you, you know, to reach out, you know, if you're at a, a point of feeling stuck and you don't know where to go, you don't know what steps to take to get, you know, and you want to stay in these relationships and both of you are willing to work at it and find the value in these relationships, you know, to reach out to a counselor, reach out to a social worker, and also you know, utilize certified relationship coaches. Like, Let me can you? And yes, Steph, you and I. Yes. I mean, come on. I mean, let me tell you, they get the best of the best, the dynamic duo, they you know? Do, they do. And, you know, because there's tools and there's techniques and, you know, there's the offering of, you know, the ability to look at different perspectives. And it often opens up a space of, you know, being able to allow someone to express and like saying a timeout, you know, because a lot of times we want to, when someone's expressing their feelings, we want to motion, you know, we want to react, you know, we want to defend ourselves mm -hmm. and it gives a space of saying, okay, hold on, you're going to have your turn, you know, timeout for a second you know, and, and mapping out and setting goals. Um, because we don't think about that. You know, we think a lot of times goals being set, you know, for, for business or, you know, sports or, you know, something like that, you know, weight loss, but we don't look at what are our goals in our relationships? You know, what, what's the outcome? What type of relationship do we want? You know, so I, I want to encourage you, 
hey, let me tell you, kudos to you if you're someone that says, you know what, we need some extra help. You know, we need a teammate here. Um, and uh, there's no shame in that game, let me tell you. Um, because it's a lot easier to, to learn to work in a co-created healthy relationship than it is to, to let go and have that feeling of loss that, you know, and it's a grieving process. And sometimes, you know, if it's a, if it's a partnership, um, you know, marriage or, or common law marriage, or just a relationship that you've been in a long time, you know, there could be financial complications. And, you know, being able to look at all of those, um, you know, ideas, because, you know, a lot of times we, we live in a fantasy, you know, we, we don't want to look at the reality as things are. And, you know, both individuals that are in the relationship, you know, identifying, we both deserve to feel worthy. We both deserve to be in healthy, loving, safe relationships. And so that, that's kind of my end thought. Do you have any end thoughts, Steph? Yeah, you know, you know, when I, I just think, you know, this doesn't go just for, um, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend relationship, significant other, and, you know, wife, husband, no. wife, wife, it, you know, it goes with kids, it goes with um, kids and parents. And, you know, we can move so quickly, like Chris and I, we were a train wreck, train <laughs> wreck, going into the first three, four years of our relationship. And we knew we loved each other. But what caused all the toxicity is we didn't know how to communicate. Absolutely. And because we didn't know how to communicate, or navigate through the relationship when things did arise, when feelings and emotions did get stubbed or, you know, when you, when you were, you know, I don't know, I guess the, the feelings and the emotions were overlooked or whatever. It was really the communication that we lacked to be able to navigate through that mess. Right. So I, I think when you're looking to change a toxic relationship, sometimes you have to draw a hard line in the sand, but it starts with taking responsibility for your portion, not over, don't overtake your responsibility, but take responsibility for your thoughts, your actions, the words and communication that you're using. However, it does take a willingness on both ends. You can't go the distance for the other person. And that's important, especially when it is so far into the weeds with, with the toxicity you have to have both people want to change. You can't just want, have it, you know, be able to want for the both of you. And I think that's important to understand and be open to outside help. I know Chris and I, we had to get outside help because we were to a point that we couldn't figure out how to communicate because we weren't listening. We were talking, but we weren't listening. And if you really want to work on the toxicity in the relationship, and, and get rid of it altogether because you can get rid of it. 
especially when you learn to put the love first, the respect first, the kindness, the compassion, when you learn to put all that first and you let go of trying to intentionally hurt each other just because you're mad, that's when, you know, you can allow for that healing because if you don't allow for the healing, you're just going to continue to keep that in your little luggage bag to carry along the way. So I think it's important that, you know, you have that willingness, both people, you have that acceptance of responsibility and that you're open to outside help. Because I'm telling you, the outside help, I think, was the biggest thing in the end because it allowed for the other things. It allowed for us to take that responsibility and willingness to invest more because we only knew what we knew about each other until we learned something different. And I think that's so important. You know, many, many throughout the years, you know, um, when we'd go into those seasons, <laughs> you know, Brown and I would go into those seasons, we, we sought out help too. And, you know, we, you know, were able to get the tools to overcome that season. And then some other things would come up and we'd fall back into a season. So then we fall back into reaching out for help. And, you know, for us, it wasn't just ourselves. We did family counseling, you know, um, we put our, our children into counseling. Um, and, you know, had I, to be honest, had I, and I'm kind of in some coaching relationships professionally myself now, I wish that I, you know, back then, I wish I knew about coaches because there is a, a kind of a big difference between coaching and counseling. And what I found in coaching is that it, it's a solution based. It's a processing through, then what? What are goals to take action? Mm-hmm. And, and that is one thing that, you know, I get so excited about our profession is because it's always about repetitive. It's not revisiting the same issue over and over and over. And um, so, you know, that's what I, what I find. I'm looking forward to the next, uh, our next uh, podcast. And that is going to be on being resilient. What does it mean to be resilient? And I will be honest, when I looked into this, you know, I always thought of myself as a really resilient person. And, you know, oftentimes I heard people say, Stacy, you're resilient. And I thought, oh yeah, I am. But when I looked at the definition, uh, I'm not going to have the all or nothing thinking because yes, I did have some resiliency. However, there were a lot of the seven C's that let me tell you, I didn't have that. I'm proud today that I do. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited for that one. And, uh, you know, friends, thanks for tuning in again. Thanks for the support. Um, again, reach out to us with any questions or topics you want us to cover and remember to smile and be kind. And don't forget to be better, do better and treat people better. See y'all later. Bye.